Welcome to Hop Radio, an NDTV Hop Life production. Welcome to Combating Coronavirus, the podcast where we talk about the global struggle against COVID-19. On today's episode, Tharavi's COVID-19 distress. Now I'm Deepit Maggi and I'm Priyanka Pant. So, Deepit Tharavi in Mumbai is mm. home to nearly 6 lakh people. That's officially. Mm. Unofficially, the BMC says that there's about 8.5 lakh people. Now, this two and a half additional people, they mm. account as migrant workers that are coming in, going out. But unofficially, estimates say that there's 10 lakh or 1 million people that live within mm. Tharavi. Right. Now, just to give anyone who's not familiar with Dharavi a sense of how tightly packed people are within this space yeah according to washington post within dharavi's one square mile they've compared it to new york's central park and they say that it's three quarters the size of central park right you've got nearly a million people living in unimaginably close knit quarters right. and you know dharavi's sort of notoriously known as asia's most densely populated slum it's sort of that phrase that you hear thrown around anytime anyone talks about dharavi yeah. and covid-19 has reached dharavi yes as of recording this today there are around 1353 cases in dharavi and cases continue to roll in every day now there are a few reasons why the general advice that's given on how to avoid or combat covid-19 does not and cannot apply to dharavi so yeah. the main thing is again living quarters right so social distancing physical distancing this is how most of the world is trying to combat covid-19 but it's just not possible in dharavi as you said it's intensely packed you know families of 5 to 7 live in a room the national herald says that dwellings are tiny mostly not over 80 to 100 square feet each and shared on average by about 6 to 7 occupants so you can imagine right 6 to 7 wow. occupants who shared living spaces of 80 to 100 square foot each the washington post had an article on dharavi where it profiled a few families and one of the families said that if they outstretch their arms they can almost touch the walls of their house and this is mm-hmm. the one room where essentially all of them live this is where they sleep this is where they cook this is where they wash their clothes all of that is done here in these conditions it's obviously not possible for people within the family unit or with people who share their accommodation to socially distance but it's also not possible for different families to social distance right exactly not only are you sharing space potentially you know with other members of your own family or you know you may have roommates you're also sharing your bathroom so the vast majority of homes in dharavi don't have their own private toilets what that means is you know if you need to go and wash your hands as has been directed you know by organizations like who keep washing your hands for 20 seconds right. you have to stand in line with who knows how many other of your neighbors finally get to a shared toilet which on the whole will not have running water or water that is available 24 hours a day. Yeah. Like you said, I mean some of these recommendations to keep yourself safe from COVID-19 just simply not possible to do in Dharavi. So according to the BMC which is Mumbai's municipal corporation, there's 450 toilets mm-hmm. across Dharavi. Now this includes, you know, BMC has broken this down into community toilets and public toilets. In fact, if you're a local to that particular 
particular block, you can use the toilet freely. However, if you've gone into a different area, you actually need to pay to use the toilet. So it's supposed to be two rupees if you're a woman, three rupees if you're a man. Right. So you're literally having to pay also to right. potentially use a toilet. Right. Add to that all the things that we just talked about, you know, waiting in line. The, you know, your wait in line to use the bathroom on average could be 30 minutes or more. 30 minutes is what someone had told the Washington Post is what it would be on non-peak hours. Yeah. So if you're not going early morning, which I mean, imagine the sort of planning that takes place where you're like, okay, what is the most, you know, appropriate time for me to go to the bathroom right. based on, you know, how much time I'll have to spend in line, how many people I'll be exposed to, even while you're in line, right? You have no idea who around you has, you know, right. is potentially COVID positive. Right. So even going to the bathroom to try and, you know, wash your hands or for any other reason, you are putting yourself at risk. Yep. Another major reason why the general advice does not work for Dharavi is economic, right? So contrary to popular belief, what many people may think, Dharavi is not an economic drag on Mumbai. According to the National Herald, it's the most literate slum in India with a literacy rate of 69%. It's mostly populated by migrants and it's a home-come workplace for many. Right. So they say that there are approximately 5,000 small businesses and 15,000 single-room factories in Dharavi, right? It's also home to potters, tanners, weavers, tailors. It houses many taxi drivers, many housemates. So it's really in its own way a center of industry. The people who live in Dharavi drive the economy. They are very, very important to the functioning of Mumbai. Right. But the problem is that these people often do not have any safety nets. So Washington Post quotes Radhika Kapoor, who is a senior fellow at the Indian Council for Research on International Economic Relations. And she says that India's vast informal workforce has no safety net, not even the bare minimum. So around 9 in 10 workers have no job protections, no unemployment benefits and no health insurance, which makes them very, very vulnerable. So in essence, what this means is that if most of the people who live in Dharavi cannot go to work, then they do not have enough money to eat food, to be able to feed themselves, to be able to feed their families. Which, of course, is going to cause a huge humanitarian crisis when you impose lockdown orders, when you prevent people from being able to work. They usually have no safety net to be able to survive while staying at home. And of course, most of these people are in jobs where work from home is not possible. There are no other possibilities. So essentially, it causes a hunger crisis. The BMC's solution to containment in Dharavi is when a case pops up, they close down the area around it completely, right? So there are no shops that are allowed to open, not even mm. milk, not even groceries, nothing. Right. And how the people living there, if they do need food, is that the government feeds them. The problem with that is, of course, that the lines for collecting this food now often go on for very, very long. Physical distancing inside a slum in a line to get food is often just a dream, right? Like you can talk about how important it is all you want. It's very rarely going to happen. Right. So it seems that Maharashtra's government is cognizant of all of these challenges. Speaking to Washington Post, the assistant municipal commissioner who is in charge of Dharavi as well as two nearby areas completely acknowledged, yes, social distancing is basically impossible in a place like Dharavi. So what right. they've done instead is they have said that their focus is going to be on screening and isolating mm. potential COVID positive patients. So how do they do that? They say that they're going around door to door. So they've roped in doctors, they've roped in other healthcare professionals as well as volunteers to go and check for people with symptoms. Now, of course, that should immediately start ringing some alarm bells because we've seen. And in fact, Maharashtra's own chief minister, Uddhav Thakre, has said that 70% of cases in Maharashtra are asymptomatic. Yeah. 
I don't know how you screen for COVID-19 when the vast majority of your cases are asymptomatic. Genuinely, this is not a dig at the administration. Like, I, I don't see what there is that they can do. Yeah, it seems, I mean, impossible to try and figure out yeah. how you're going to isolate and trace people. You know, Maharashtra is facing severe healthcare challenges, I right. think, like many parts of, of our country. So, right. I don't know if you saw this, but there was this video that went viral quite recently. Yes. Um, it showed yes. corpses wrapped in uh, black plastic and yeah. they were left on beds in the ward where COVID positive patients were being treated. The hospital yeah. where this video emerged from is Sion Hospital. It's also called Lokmanya Tilak Municipal General Hospital. That's the nearest mm-hmm. mu- municipal uh, medical facility to Dharavi. So what happens right. is most, the majority of Dharavi's COVID positive patients end up in Sion Hospital. And so obviously that video angered a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it just showed within 30-40 seconds just how terrible things really are. Yeah. But doctors from that hospital also released their own video a couple of days yeah. later explaining sort of or giving their defense of what had happened so essentially doctors in that video said that look you don't understand we are so overburdened that there is literally no other way possible like the most probable reason that the body was lying there as seen in that video is not because someone neglected their duty or that someone didn't care enough about you know making things good for patients it's that they are so short on resources that they're literally at their wits end like you know they have no other resource to go around so what's happening in india currently is that and in that hospital especially it's happening is that doctors and nurses and other healthcare workers are getting infected with COVID-19 so healthcare resources which are already overburdened then obviously get even lesser when you have doctors who must quarantine when you have nurses who must quarantine other people have to cover in like pull their shifts in fact Maharashtra has told doctors who have private practices that they have to help out for two weeks and treat COVID positive patients in exactly an attempt to cover these sort of you know disappearing doctors right like what do you do when your healthcare workers who like you said are already so few in number and so overworked how do you fill that gap so they've actually made it mandatory for private doctors to come in and try and at least help as much as they can yeah to reduce the pressure on scion hospital what the government is doing what the state government is doing is that they've decided to convert mahim natural park which is a garbage dump that was turned into a nature park Mm -hmm. into a quarantine facility so what they'll do is they'll have 1200 beds and that'll be for high-risk contacts of people who have tested positive for patients so that there's somewhere for them to isolate perhaps you know stick it out for two weeks and hopefully slow this further spread of the virus right so I think you say that the lesson we take from this must be that we need to prioritize healthcare like we perhaps have not in the past. So with that, it's time for some good news today. And Priyanka, what do we have for today's episode? Okay, we've got some especially great news today. So it turns right. out that a 113-year-old woman in Spain has overcome COVID-19 and she's wow. believed to be the oldest person in the world to have recovered from it. Wow. And get this, okay, Maria Brañas survived the Spanish flu in 1918 1920 wow so not only did she survive spanish flu she's also now survived covid19 she's an absolute boss she lives in a residential care home in spain and we couldn't be happier go maria (laughs) it's incredible it's incredible and that's a wrap on this episode of combating coronavirus this is deepit maggie and priyanka panth signing off